listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I'm talking today about a topic I get asked so much about and that is hypnotherapy because lots of riders now are getting interested in hypnosis, hypnotherapy, They're wondering whether it will help them, whether it would help them with an issue, an emotional issue like anxiety or a self-limiting belief like self-doubt, or would it help them being able to ride a certain way, a certain position in the saddle, to have lighter hands, to have a better contact, to use their leg more, and it's yes to all of these things. I want to tell you a little bit about hypnotherapy, what it is, what it's not, and how it can help riders. It's an incredibly gentle and relaxing process, and it's probably not exactly what you think. So hypnosis is simply relaxation. It was given the term hypnosis in the 19th century when people didn't really understand the difference between full-on sleep and relaxation or what we now call hypnosis. And so it's got this name that conjures up a whole load of misconceptions. But hypnosis is actually something that we do on at least a daily basis, if not more. Everybody does it, everybody can do it, everyone experiences it. So let me give you some ideas of natural hypnosis that we all go through. So for instance, if you're on a train or a coach or a bus or you're a passenger in a car and you're looking out of the window and you feel yourself getting sleepier and sometimes you nod off and that isn't hypnosis, you've gone too deep. But if you're sitting there and, you know, you can feel the sway of the vehicle and you're just kind of being lulled a little bit into a relaxation, that's hypnosis. If you watch television and you watch something you get really engrossed in, you're really into it, then the outside world's kind of become blocked off a little bit and that's hypnosis. The same as if you're reading a really good book, a real page turner, and somebody were to call your name. You you hear your name, but you're kind of like having to shake your head a bit and get out of your concentration. And that's hypnosis as well. So that awareness of what's around you, somebody just calling your name and bringing you back into reality, that's what hypnosis is like. It's not a complete shutting off of everything around you. It's also, if you're driving, and you'll know this one if you are a driver, that you sometimes kind of come to and you're far further down the road than you thought you were, or you've missed your junction on the motorway, or you suddenly think, was that a green light that I just went through? Because your mind has just been kind of into a little bit of a daydreamy state and that's called the driving hypnosis and and that's really common. So hypnosis is kind of daydreaming. It's 
a shutting down of some parts of the outer world, but you're still aware. And it's an unusual feeling because you're relaxed, but you're alert to what's outside. So in that way, it's not real sleep at all. And the brain waves are completely different. But in that state, when you mentally and physically relax, even just a little, what it does is it opens a doorway between your very critical and conscious and logical mind into the unconscious mind, which is really where our emotions and habits and barrier hopping between the conscious logical mind and into the mind of imagination and possibility, the unconscious mind. So we hop over that by being more relaxed. And that's really important that we relax a little, although sometimes people do ask me, what if I can't relax at all? Then even if you relax a little bit, that critical faculty barrier can still be overcome. You can still get the thoughts into your head, but the more you relax, the better it is. And some people describe hypnosis as a way of learning to go into hypnosis. They describe it as a process of learning to relax. And each time you do it, you relax a little bit more. So the very first time that you have hypnosis, whether you're listening to something that's on YouTube or that you have a recording or that you are having a session, you may not relax as much as you would like to relax. But the next time you come to hypnosis, you will relax more and each time progressively deeper and each time you'll get a little bit more out of that hypnosis. So hypnosis is incredibly natural and it's really great for us to be able to use it as a model for change. And what we do, we give the unconscious mind instructions for how we'd like to be. And these instructions are called suggestions. And so when you have these suggestions going into your mind on a deeper level than a simple conversational level, then your mind starts to consider them. It starts to put more weight onto them and it can give your mind a clearer idea of what you actually want to achieve. So there are a couple of things that people sometimes say about hypnosis, questions or reservations, misconceptions and so on. A lot of these have come from stage hypnotism. So stage hypnosis and hypnotherapy are two different things. So I'm going to say a little bit about stage hypnotism so you know what hypnotherapy is not. So very often, stage hypnotists will pull people out of the audience that they know will do the funky chicken or make themselves look an idiot. And they know it because if it was a big theatre, let's say, that the, the stage act was taking part in, there would have been spotters in the audience who spot people maybe in the foyer of the theatre who are already game for a laugh. 
you know, they're extrovert types, they, they are loud, they're brash. You can tell that they would get up, they would act like an idiot with or without hypnosis. And these spotters spot those people and they highlight them to the hypnotist. Otherwise, the hypnotist may do some kind of selection. He'll get everyone to stand up and then tell various groups of people to sit down until there are just a few people left. And those are the people that he knows will be able to get these people to do daft things, whether or not they're under the influence of hypnosis. So, Those people are the ones that are brought up onto stage. Now, Darren Brown, very early on in his career, was a stage hypnotist. And he tells a story of those years, many, many decades ago, when he was just kind of experimenting with his stage show. And he got about a dozen people up on stage. They'd all done what he suggested. They'd all made idiots of themselves and so on. And he asked them back after the show and he asked them who thought that they were really hypnotized and I can't remember the number now but it's an amazing low percentage it's something like you know two or three of them thought that they were hypnotized they felt differently and the rest of them said that they were kind of going along with it either because they that's what they thought they should do or they were these highly fun extrovert people who just wanted to make fools of themselves anyway so it's quite interesting stage hypnotism in that it kind of depends on the psychology of the person on stage the the volunteer as to whether or not they're they're just going to do the thing, whatever. Now, hypnotherapy is nothing like that. Okay, so we do put people into a relaxation, but it's a slow process. It's a gentle process of gently relaxing the body, relaxing the tension out of the muscles, and then relaxing the mind. And it probably takes 15, 20 minutes to do that. You know, it's nice and slow, nice and easy. And then we have the suggestions. And as the hypnotherapist is talking about the suggestions that the client wants, the client has already told us what they want, then the unconscious mind of the client is taking these suggestions on board and giving them full time and consideration and maybe even installing them as truisms. So what is hypnosis not? First of all, most people who are a little bit reticent about the idea of hypnosis, the first thing that they will say is, I don't want to give my control to somebody else. I don't want to give my control to the hypnotherapist. I don't want to be out of control. So the answer to that is that you're never out of control. Nobody can take control of your brain unless they're doing some kind of brainwashing, but that's a completely different thing. So you remain in control at all times. You control whether you relax really deeply or lightly you control whether you start to think about 
what you're going to have for your tea or whether you're concentrating on the hypnotherapist's words. You decide whether you're imagining the scenario that the hypnotherapist is describing or you've decided to think about something else. Every single part of hypnotherapy is under your control. So in that way, the hypnosis in a way is self-hypnosis. Nobody could hypnotize somebody else. The person who is the client is directing their own mind. There are just guidelines, if you like. The hypnotherapist is like the tour guide. The second thing that people sometimes think about is that they might be made to do something, something they don't want to do. So let's say that they have gone for hypnotherapy for a certain show jumping issue and they want to be able to jump three foot. There's no way that when the hypnotherapist says, oh, and you're coming around to the jump and it's about five foot and you're absolutely fine, that wouldn't happen. Because the client's mind, because the client's in control, the client would look at this five foot jump if they could see it in their mind and think, I'm not jumping that. In that way, you cannot be made to do something at all because your mind will reject these things. So if I had a client and I said, right, the end of this session, you're going to give me a million pounds, it's not going to work. Okay, I've planted the suggestion, but the client's mind has gone, yeah, right, I don't think so. And so it doesn't agree, and so it kicks out that suggestion. So in the same way that you are able to agree with and disagree with things when you're not in a hypnotic state, you can do the same in hypnosis. So your mind will always decide, do I really want this? Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that would really help us. And it will take it on or you must be joking. And that's why it's so important that if you do go for hypnotherapy, you go for a personalized session. Because this means that the hypnotherapist has really listened to everything that you want in your hypnosis and therefore can use your words, the way that you term things, that will go into your mind even deeper, and can use your situation and your sticking points and talk about your horse and your instructor and your arena and your hack. And all of those things make much, much more sense than a more generic style of hypnosis. So for instance, I had a client whose problem was cantering and it wasn't the speed of canter as such. It was that very initial first stride into canter. It was the sound of the hooves. It was almost the badum kind of sound that shocked her brain each time. And so if she'd have gone for a very generic cantering confidence hypnosis, then it might not have addressed that footfall that kind of rang around her head. It might have just talked about how free-flowing and beautiful the canter feels and how easy it is to sit to, but it wouldn't have got to the absolute crux of the issue, which was that initial sound. 
So having a personalised hypnotherapy is way better than any other kind of hypnotherapy. So make sure you go to somebody who delivers personalised scripts. A couple more misconceptions then. First of all, that you can get stuck somehow in hypnosis. You can't. It's like saying you get stuck watching your box set. Now you might do. You might you might watch all 40 episodes in a real big binge, but you can't really get stuck. You can't get stuck reading a book that you can never get out of, or you can't get stuck in a daydream. You can always bring yourself out. And it's the same with hypnosis. Even if you're having a professional session, at any second, you could simply open your eyes and make yourself awake. The last thing is, and I've mentioned this before, is that people think that it's like sleep, that you're zonked out. And just like sleep, you're not really aware. And we've mentioned that you are fully aware. So if you were in a room where traffic was going by, you would hear the traffic. If you're in a room where there were people next door and you could hear those when you weren't hypnotized, you'll hear them when you are hypnotized. So you're aware of what's going on around you. You're not zonked out. You're just nice and relaxed. So people ask me two other questions. What if you can't relax? And also, what if you fall asleep? So two extremes. Well, if you can't relax, then each time you listen, you will relax a little bit more. So that's a case of practicing and you will get into it. And each time you do it, you'll just chip away a little bit more. For the people who fall asleep, similar kind of thing really. But if you fall asleep, you've actually gone too deep and you've slowed your brain waves down even more. Now, It's not easy then to judge how much is going into the unconscious mind. So for some people, it still works because their unconscious mind is listening all the time and it does go into the unconscious and it does create change. Other people, it slows down the rate of change. So they see quicker change if they can maintain a little bit more wakefulness. And lastly, what I want to come on to is why would you choose hypnotherapy over any other style of change work? Well, hypnotherapy is lovely and relaxing. So if you have a busy life, a busy headspace, it's really lovely to take that time out of the day just for you and to experience relaxation. The other thing that's really good about hypnosis is that the effects are quite deep and they're cumulative. So if you've ever had hypnosis or you're thinking about it, when you get your recording, and whether that's you've ordered a single recording or you've had a session and the hypnotherapist has offered you the recording, listen time and time again. For some people who are very lucky, they listen once and that's that, done, finished, problem solved. For the majority of people, it's something that you build on 
over and over. So you listen to your recording over and over. So it's quite nice that you can do something that's quite active. You know, it's changing the way you think, but in a way it's passive because you're just able to relax. And whether you're consciously thinking about the words or not doesn't really matter. So it's nice you don't have to think about doing something. You just put your recording on, try not to sleep, and off you go. The change is occurring for you. The other nice thing about hypnosis is that it's quite long-lasting in that it, it carries on and on and on. So it doesn't need to be topped up necessarily. Once you've listened to the correct number of times for you, and that you find you have changed, you don't really need to go back and listen over and over for years and years. It's it's a process that takes weeks. So it is a lovely way to have change without necessarily concentrating on practicing a, a certain technique. It's also great because you can be doing it in a time when you're not riding. So for whatever reason you've got a break from riding, you can still be improving your riding using hypnotherapy. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. Take care and I'll see you very soon. 